chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We finally have made it to chapter 11, 10. We spent some time in there and uh, last week as we talked about uh, Mary and Martha. We ended a chapter there and then putting Jesus and having uh, Jesus first and doing the one thing is that seeking him. And that's why we're here tonight to seek Jesus. But now we cross over to the next chapter, Luke chapter 11, and we're going to get right into our study here tonight. Uh, Zach has already prayed for us, so uh, I know his prayers are super anointed, so I don't need to pray, no. (laughs) Anyway, as one boat was sinking, the captain asked everyone on board, does anyone know how to pray? Then this man spoke up and said, I do, captain. And the captain nodded and said, good, you go ahead and pray. The rest of us will put on life jackets. We're one short. Well, I hope he knows how to pray, right? As believers, we understand the importance of prayer. Why it's, it's so incredibly important we to put a priority on prayer. And I think we could all agree on that. And, and that's something the disciples here, are, are, they're, they're understanding that too. William Booth once said, work as if everything depended on work and pray as if everything depended upon prayer. And that's how we should be praying, that everything is dependent on our prayers. But the question really comes up is, do you really know how to pray? Do I really know how to pray? Well, tonight, as we continue here in our study in the book of Luke, Jesus himself teaches the disciples how to pray. So what we're going to see in our passage, we're going to see Jesus on prayer. And that's the title of our message. We're going to be covering Luke chapter 11 from verse 1 through 13 tonight. And uh, we're basically going to see these three things uh, in this passage. And number one is follow this pattern. Uh, Number two, Jesus tells us to pray with persistence. And number three, remember the promise. Remember the promise. So let's begin number one in our outline. Follow this pattern pattern follow this pattern now if you're taking notes we're going to be covering verses one through four tonight one through four let's begin here now luke chapter 11 with verse one now jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his uh, disciples said to him lord teach us to pray as john taught his disciples so let's stop there for a moment we begin First of all, in verse 1, now Jesus is praying in a certain place. We, we, we begin right away. Jesus is praying basically again. We've seen prayer weaved into Jesus' life here, right here in this study going through uh, the book of Luke. He's always praying. Uh, we already seen Jesus. He's been basically recorded five times in the book of Luke so far praying uh, we saw him praying at his baptism in Luke 3, 21, before he chose the 12 disciples in Luke 6, verse 12. Uh, when his, the ministry was growing, the crowds were coming, he went and prayed in Luke 5, 16. And then when the disciples were asking, who, 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 or when he asked the disciples, who, who am I, who am I? He was praying at that moment, Luke 9, 18. And at the transfiguration in Luke 9, 29, Jesus was praying there when all of that happened. The fact is, Jesus was a man of prayer. Turn over to Luke, I mean to Mark, to the left, to Mark chapter 1, to verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And, and I wanted you to turn there because I wanted you to mark this. I wanted you to see this and maybe inspire you. And to see that Jesus was a man of prayer. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 and it says, And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And we see Jesus here, Mark even recording how he was a man of prayer. He took that time. He woke up early. He went to a place where he could be alone, a desolate place where he could spend time praying to the Father. And that's our Jesus. This is the one who is about to teach the disciples about prayer. Now, back to Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus is praying in a certain place as he is a man of prayer. And when he finished praying, one of the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, 
it was it, it was a common practice for the rabbis to teach their students to pray. And so this certain disciple on name was like, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. You know, like John did, the John the Baptist did to his disciples. So now the disciples, I'm sure this one disciple was a spokesman for the others. The disciples of Jesus wanted to learn from him. And so they're asking, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think that's great because what better person to get instruction on prayer than the Son of God himself, who is a man of prayer. And if Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, prayed every day, how much more do you and I need to depend on prayer and pray every day? That is so important, isn't that? It is important that we really learn this, that we really come to the Lord and, and be open to what he's going to teach us here and perhaps give a boost to our prayers. Uh, John Bunyan, a Puritan preacher who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he, he, he said this kind of going along with the earlier quote, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. So I want you guys to be inspired about praying tonight and, and get into it more, to be, be more into it, more consistent, and even, as we're going to learn here, have something to pray about. So, how does Jesus answer their question? Well, this is what we see next on Jesus on prayer. Now, what we're going to see, let me say this, it's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, some call it the Disciples' Prayer. Some say Luke shortening it, because it's a little bit, different and tweak from Matthew 6 verse 9 through 13. So some say, well, Matthew, I mean, Mark, Luke just kind of shortened it yeah, up a little bit. But some other people say, well, it, he taught on the same subject, but just kind of gave this version of it. And I, I tend to believe that you can study that and come to your own conclusion. But the thing is, as we get into this prayer, Jesus did not give this as, as like one ritual. He didn't give this with, like, this is the formula, pray this, pray exactly what I'm going to show you here, and then you'll get answers to your prayer. So he didn't give it as like this ritual, some formula, some incantation, magic words to get God to move and answer you. That's not what, what it is. This is a pattern for prayer. We are to follow this pattern. It's a motto. It's an example. Jesus wanted us to do and is instructing us tonight to do so don't like turn this into like some people turn it into some repetitious thing yeah well i'm, I'm oh, when i'm in a crisis i'm gonna pray the lord's prayer and you just you can you can say it the way it is but uh, don't think that if you say it 10 times something's gonna happen jesus said in matthew 6 verse 7 and when you pray do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words and we see different religions actually doing that the more you say this word or the more and more you say this or these phrases then oh the more powerful that is this is not what what it's about it's a pattern of prayer. So, so now you understand all that. We have five parts to Jesus' teaching on prayer. But first of all, take a look here. Verse 2 through verse 4. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Verse 3. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. So here we see five parts to Jesus' teaching on prayer. And number one, we focus in on the person, the person. Verse two, he said, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. So first of all, we come into prayer addressing God as our Heavenly Father. Now, whether you're a believer or not, to really acknowledge God in that way, it's really to say, God, you're my creator. You're the one who made me. You're the father of all beings, saved or not saved. But when Jesus brings us in too, it also brings us this new and open relationship we as believers 
have with God, God the Father. We're children now because of our salvation in the Lord. And back then, the, the, the Jews, they believed God is the Father, but they had kind of drifted away from, from that. And they almost looked at God as just this distant, supreme being. But here, Jesus is bringing it back into this more in, intimate relationship. Our Abba Father, so to speak. Our Daddy, so to speak. But He is our Heavenly Father. So Jesus is bringing that in saying, Father, Father, beginning with the person. But in, on top of that, He adds, Hallowed be Your name. So our Father God is to be hallowed. It means He's to be reverence. Your, your name is reverence. Your name is basically holy. We are to reverence our holy God. We are to attribute God to holiness. That He is, already is and has been. And that really holiness really talks about He's totally unique here. So as we approach God, the idea that we approach God the Father, but we approach with reverence, with honor, giving Him glory for who He is, our holy God. So we come humbly. We come in acknowledging Him in that way. Listen, our, our holy Heavenly Father is now approachable because of Jesus, because of the cross. Because He died on a cross for our sins and that curtain of separation is taken down. Now we can approach God and, and that's a wonderful thing. Right? Like in Hebrews 4, 16, it talks about we can draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can approach God. We have access to God, but remember that He's also our holy God. We come in humbleness. We come in reverence in that same way. So number one, when we begin prayer, we got to remember the person who we are praying to. Then number two, the purpose. Verse 2 goes on at the very end of the verse. Jesus says, Your kingdom come. In other words, may your kingdom, may the things of God be come down on the earth and start working more. May your works on earth become more and more. May, may you reign more in our hearts. May you reign more in places like your things, God being around, Jesus being known. And really, eventually, that's talking about the second coming of Christ, you know, all the way until He returns. So we keep praying for his kingdom to come to His work to be done. His things to be known. His truth to be known. Now, you may be used to, and I am too, used to the teaching. Actually, in Matthew 6, it adds, right? Your kingdom come, and then what? Your will be done, right? Well, um, I, 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 that's why I believe here it's like a different teaching. Jesus didn't put it in here. If, if you're looking at a New King James Version, it actually has your kingdom come, your will be done. But earlier manuscripts do not have that here in Luke. It is in Matthew, but not in this uh, chapter 11 of Luke because the earlier, more earlier manuscripts don't have that and it was probably added to match what was in Matthew 6. So uh, um, that's why you won't see it in the ESV, which I'm teaching out of, or the NLT, or any of the modern translations that use earlier manuscripts. So that's why you don't see it here. So uh, that's why I think, you know, I think uh, this was a different teaching, and Luke's recording that. Anyway, that's why you don't see that. But either way, right, the heart of this prayer is about God's work and purposes to be fulfilled. And basically, not mine. So it does go along with your, your will be done, right? So your kingdom come, not my kingdom, your kingdom, God. Your work be done, your truth be uh, known, your name be known to everybody, that people be saved and you rule and, and reign in people's hearts and in the church and in our communities and your truth and your word, you know, all of that. So, so it's really about our purpose in prayer. First, we know the person we're praying to, but this is the purpose that God's work and purposes be fulfilled. And that's what really is behind our prayers. It's been said the purpose of prayer is not to get one's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. And that's so good. You know, even when we have our requests, even when we have our desires and we're praying 
ultimately we pray, God, your will be done. God, let your purposes be done. God, may you be glorified. Your kingdom come. So we see the per- person, the purpose. And number three, the provision. The provision. That's verse three. Give us each day our daily bread. So next, as in this pattern of prayer, is to go to God and ask God to provide each day your daily bread, your daily needs, not just food, but any of your needs that, that you have. And you pray for God for provision in that way. I think about right away Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and God is so good that when we pray this and we have his promise here or his word here in Philippians 4.19 that he will provide every need. And notice it's not every greed, not your greeds, but your needs. And that's what's important is when we go to God, we believe that he can do it. And maybe tonight you're struggling, maybe financially, maybe provisions, maybe you got to find a place to live. I mean, there's some basic necessities in life, right? Uh, a food, we've got to have money, you know, a job, a place to live, and then even in our society, a car. And there's some basic needs that, that you know what? We need to bring to God, and He will provide. He will. And just know that. Believe in that, that God will do that. So, number three is the provision. Number four, the pardon. And this is verse four, the first part. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So first of all, we are to then go to the Lord, and we pray for God to forgive us our sins. Remember, sin separated us from God, right? But when we received Christ, all right, He was our bridge. He forgave us because of the cross. He cleansed us, and now we can have this relationship with God. But then when we sin again, it breaks that relationship. So it's always important, and when you come to God, that you confess your sins, that, that you take care of things, that you make right with God. And it's so important that you do this. And this is part of uh, the pattern here in this prayer that we seek forgiveness from God and we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9. And he will do that and he can do that because Christ died on the cross. Know that today. Sometimes we can condemn ourselves. Sometimes we can think, oh, if I'm really good, maybe God will, will be pleased with me. You know what? You come to God. You confess your sins. You be open. And you know, in faith, receive that forgiveness. And know because Christ died on a cross, you are forgiven. But also, along with this, Jesus adds, it's important as you pray for forgiveness that you forgive others also. Forgive those who are indebted to us. And others, forgive those who have wronged you and owe you an apology. Yeah, they're in debt to you. Uh, in other words, don't hold that against them. Especially, right, you're going to God and you're seeking forgiveness from Him. You should be able to forgive others because you're seeking forgiveness from the Almighty God. So pray for forgiveness as you forgive others. This is what Jesus is really saying in this number four part. Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So forgive. We, 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 if, if we want forgiveness from God, isn't it make sense that we got to forgive other people, right? we got to let that go. we got to... But whatever hurts, whatever wrong is done, put that in the hands of God. But be forgiving as the Father forgives us. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't let go. You know, um, I was thinking about this. Uh, little Riley, my granddaughter, will uh, climb up on my lap and, and she want to watch little baby duck videos. She loves little baby ducks. <laughs> and and she, she's into it. She'll watch it over and over and over again, right? But, you know, I think we do that with unforgiveness. We, st- we keep playing that video in our minds. Keep playing that situation. We keep, keep, keeps coming up. And all it does is just fuel and feeds our anger and the bitterness and the hurt. We need to just delete that video. We need to let it go and forgive 
just as the Father forgives us. As much as we want to be forgiven by the Father, we should, we should be just as much forgiving others. Well, let's go on to number five now, the protection. So in this prayer, see the person, the purpose, the provision, the pardon, and now number five, the protection. So the end of verse four, the last thing in uh, the prayer in Luke 11 is, and lead us not into temptation. Now when Jesus says, God, pray this to the Lord, lead us not into temptation, it doesn't mean that, oh God, don't tempt me. That, that's not what he's saying. James 1.13 tells us that God does not tempt us, right? Who tempts us? The devil, right? Satan does. I mean, God, God's not going to do that. He's not he's trying to you know, make you sin. It's, it's the devil who does that. And James 1.13 is pretty clear that no, God doesn't do that. He's holy. He's good. He's not going to do that. But what this really is, it's a call for help. Please help me, Lord, not to give into temptation. Yeah, Lead me out of temptation. You could put it in those words too. We know the tempter is Satan, and, and he is the one who comes to try and make us fall. I mean, think about Genesis 3, Adam and Eve. He was the one, right? He's the one uh, uh, and throughout all the ages, and it, he's the guy in our life trying to tempt us. So we, have to, we know every day, that's what the Satan does every day, you guys. He's trying to tempt us, make us fall, lead us astray, lead us away from God, lead us into those feelings of anger and bitterness and play that tape. He's, he's, he's the tempter. But this is where, at the end of the Lord's Prayer here in Luke 11, this is where we pray for strength and protection against those times of testing. William Cowper wrote a hymn called Exhortation to Prayer. And in the third verse, the third stanza, he's, he wrote this, Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian's armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. See, the best way to fight temptation is to pray. That's the weapon. That's, that's how you battle. You feeling tempted? You know, go to the Lord in prayer. Go right away. Find that strength. God, lead me out of this. Lord, change my thoughts. Lord, uh, 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 take away these feelings. God, help me, help me. And let the Holy Spirit come and give you strength. Pray right now. Maybe you're being tempted right now. Maybe there's some things going through your mind. Go to the Lord right now and pray and find that strength. Help uh, call out to Him to help you, to lead you out of this time of temptation. Well, with these five things, with what we see, it's a pattern of prayer. And I hope you guys can take that and pray. You know, uh, you, ever, you ever go to pray and then it's like you run out of things to pray and it's only been like, oh, that's been one minute, you know? <laughs> God, I really want to pray. I set aside, you know, like 15 minutes in the morning to pray to you. And I don't know what to do after five minutes, you know, kind of thing. Well, you know, follow this pattern. Yeah, follow this pattern. Like, like, like when you start, remember the person you're praying to, our Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. God, you're my holy God. And think about uh, the, the God the Father and how you're, you're His child. And you could come to Him. Thank you, Jesus, for making the way. I mean, right there, you could, you could pray for, for several minutes. You know, easy, easy, and even more. And then you could go and pray, your kingdom come. And just start praying in ways that God's kingdom can come into your family's life, into your life, into your workplace, and into the church, into the community, into uh, how you minister, all of that. To just start praying for God's kingdom to come. And then pray for your daily provision. Maybe you're doing good. Maybe it's good. Then continue to pray that God will continue to provide. Because anything can happen, right? Today, it may be great. Tomorrow, all of a sudden, boom. Stock market crash. Or, or, or all of a sudden, a bill comes you didn't expect. Or whatever that is, right? So you continue to pray every day. God, thank you for today's provision. Like, thank you that you're providing for all my needs and my family and all. And then pray and confess your sins. It's so important we do that, that we don't 
we don't just sweep it under the mat. We don't just not deal with it. But get right with God. And a lot of times, you know, I take, I usually read my, I pray and I ask God to bless the word. I read my Bible. Then I go to prayer and I, I take what I, I read in my journal and I look at it. And at this time, I really look at things and like, well, God, you know, you're speaking to me in this way. And I want to confess, I haven't, I've been short on this, you know. I've been doing good. Lord, help me in this, you know. And so many times I'm confessing my sins. Some, a lot of times in the morning I'm thinking about the day before. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I did this. I shouldn't have said that, you know. <laughs> I should have done this. And so I just come and confess my sins to the Lord. And, and I feel his forgiveness. And I know he cleanses me. And then, you know, and then I search your heart. Hey, Lord, am I holding something against someone? You know, God, help me to forgive. Help me to let it go. Help me to not not do that anymore. And then lastly, God, we, you know, help me to be on watch. Remember when Jesus came back on the last night of his life in the Garden of Gethsemane and he came back to the disciples. He had asked them to pray and they're sleeping. And he goes, couldn't you have watched with me just one hour? You know, and so we got to get on watch and pray and pray over, you know, our, our own lives, our family, uh, our church, and just just bat on your knees against the devil's attacks and temptations and all. So, so all of that, easily you can pray, I would say, easy 50 minutes, easy half an hour, you know. And you could keep going on intercessory prayer, all those things that can easily go on more and more. So I encourage you, start something new tomorrow, maybe even tonight. Open up Luke chapter 11 here and just start praying like I, I just did. And I, I hope your prayers would be transformed. All right. So this is Jesus on prayer. And so Jesus teaching the disciples saying, OK, follow this pattern now. Let's go to number two in our outline. Pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. Now we're going to cover verses five through ten here. Uh, First of all, let's take verse 5 and 6. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Now, Jesus gives this scenario here. And he, uh, 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 he, he kind of gives this situation basically Uh, to help the disciples to understand a little bit more about prayer. And so he gives this scenario like, okay, say, you know, a a friend, you know, he he goes to um, his friend, uh, this guy goes to a friend at midnight, say, hey, friend, can you lend me three loaves? And the thing is, is that uh, uh, in Jewish culture, you know, a good host is to provide food, you know, for your guests who come. And apparently this guy had come, maybe he was traveling and it was late at night. So he arrived, but he has no more food. So as a, a, a good host and this, uh, this friend has come to his house, he doesn't have anything to give him. So he knocks on, on the door of his neighbor, his friend, and, and his friend, he's like, hey, can, can you like um, lend me three loaves here? You know, uh, someone is calm and, and I have nothing right now. And so verse 7, and he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you nothing. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So Jesus goes on, but you know what's going to happen is, is even though uh, he's going, please, please, at midnight, his persistence there, he's going to go ahead and give him what he's asking for. Even, even with this neighbor, like I was thinking about the neighbor in bed, goes, no, go away, I'm asleep already. You know, we already uh, shut everything up, you know, for the night. The kids are in bed sleeping, you know, and I, you know, and I'm, I'm asleep, you know. I was thinking the guy's knocking says says no you're not you're not asleep I hear you talking no 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 I'm not I'm asleep I'm sleep talking or whatever yeah but the persistence of this guy toward his neighbor uh, that opens up the door and he helps him out 
And I like where it says um, in uh, verse 8, you know, I tell you, though, he will not get up giving it anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs because of his persistence, because he keeps going on. That's what's going to open the door to the house and he will get his bread. And so Jesus says, thus it is with God. This scenario, this is the way it is with God. And so he says here in verse 9, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So I love that. Jesus saying, this is the way it's God, with God. This is how it is with our prayers. In other words, he's saying, ask. Keep asking. Really, that's the idea here that he's saying here in the word. When he says ask, he's saying, ask, keep asking here. Keep asking. And you know what? If, if you keep asking, if you keep seeking this out, if you keep knocking on that door, you know what? It, it will be given to you. You will find it. It will be opened up to you. So Jesus is saying, pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. Keep on praying here. Just because you didn't see the answer once, no, don't stop. Pray with persistence. Take note, though, this is not like some blank check or, you know, this isn't saying, oh, pray your repetitious prayers here, you know, and, and then God will get tired of you and open the door. That, that's not what, what's being said. He's just saying, keep praying. Keep on praying. You know, I think about... Uh, we read recently in Revelation in, in one of the, the angels, right? The cherubim had a, a, a bow, a censer, you know, like on a chain. And in it was the prayers, right, of the people. And I, and, and I keep thinking, that's what I think about. We keep praying, we keep putting those prayers and it's going to overflow and tip the bow and, you know, prayers are going to be answered. That's the idea. We, we just keep praying, keep seeking God, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying in that way. And it's not about repeating things over and over. It's not about some magical thing. Uh, if, if you say this prayer, you know, 15 and a half times, then God will answer you. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. We just, God is just saying, keep praying. That's it. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. We know in First John five fourteen says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So keep praying his will. It's not just getting anything, but it's whatever his will is. But Jesus is saying this, don't stop bringing your request to God, for he will answer your cry in prayer don't stop be persistent you know i i was really i was thinking about this today and uh, it really kind of impacted me too george Mueller said it is not enough to begin to pray nor to pray all right nor it is enough to continue for a time to pray but we must patiently believingly continue in prayer until we obtain the answer. That's the heart. You know? To keep going to God. To keep crying out to the Lord. Jesus is saying, look, your persistence will pay off. It will. And so have confidence that God will answer. How about you tonight? Are you feeling weary maybe? I think that's what encouraged me about George Mueller's prayer. I was feeling weary about some things, and I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's like, ah, uh, it's not working, you know, kind of thing, right? You try something, you try something, ah, it's not working, and, you know, things, sometimes things we do in life or projects or something you're trying for the first time, ah, I can't do that, you know. I remember um, someone learning guitar, uh, they kept trying, trying, but then like, nah, it's not working, I'm going to give it up. I know we can grow weary. I mean, I, I feel it too. But it's almost like tonight, you know what God is saying? I hear you. But I want you to keep asking. It'll be given to you. 
I hear you. I want you to keep seeking me. Keep seeking me. I, I, I hear keep knocking, not knock, keep knocking on the door. It will be open to you. Seek, you'll find the answers. And a lot of times in that time of seeking in our persistent prayer, you know, I may not find exact answer, but you know what I find? I find peace. I find this peace that it's okay. God hears me. It's okay. God's working something. It's okay. I just got to believe in Him right now. And so I feel like sometimes in my, when I'm asking or seeking or something about something or I'm knocking on the door for something to happen and and you know we, we can be stressed out about that thing we, we, we can be worrisome about that thing you know worried about it we could, we could be overwhelmed with something and we keep praying and we're getting weary because oh, oh God we, we, we don't see the bread the door's not open yet God we're, we're in this place help us Lord and, and sometimes it's hard I mean sometimes we're, we're just overwhelmed and worried and or full of fear, or, or those thoughts keep going in our minds. And, um, but you know, when we go to the Lord and we really pray, when we go to the Lord and we're in His presence, when we go to the Lord and we're crying out, and though we may not have that exact specific answer, you know, I've been finding, I find peace. And that maybe it's not answered yet, but I'm okay, yeah. And that even like like motivates me to go back and keep praying. I believe God's speaking to us tonight to do that very thing, to be persistent in prayer. Pray with persistence. Well, let's go to number three, our last heading here. Remember the promise. Jesus on prayer. It says, follow this pattern, pray with persistence, and now remember this promise. And we'll finish up the rest of our verses here, 11 through 13. But first of all, verse 11, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So Jesus now kind of says, let me, let me put this another way. He kind of puts out this, a different scenario. Think about it this way. If a boy comes to his father, asks for a fish, hey, hey, Dad, I'm, I, I like a fish. I, I, I'm hungry. Is the father going to give him a snake instead? Or, or if the boy goes to his father, and the father looks at the boy, and the boy asks for an egg, will he play some practical joke and give him a scorpion? <laughs> Try eat that, you know, kind of thing. What's the obvious answer? No, no, no good father would do that to their child. This is something that uh, fathers just don't do, right? They hear what their children are saying. They hear the heart of their child. They, 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 They want to do what the child is asking, you know. You know, when, when our kids were small, um, when you know, like little kids when they're small, they're like, oh, what are you going to get me for Christmas? And I would joke, and I didn't want to tell them, of course. I wanted to be surprised what present we were giving them, what gift. And I would answer them, oh, I'm giving you a rock. <laughs> they're like, dad, dad. The funny thing, one year Justin gave me a rock for Christmas. <laughs> he started laughing and laughing because he turned the joke back on me. <laughs> but no, we, we wouldn't do that, right? So Jesus goes on here now in verse 13. He says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So let's try and understand this. Jesus says, now, you understand a father's not going to do that to their children. So listen, if you then, right, if you who are evil, in other words, if you're human with the sin nature, yet you understand what it is to give like good gifts yeah, to your children, you on a human level, 
right? He said, if you guys know, hey, yeah, you never do this, what the scenario he just said, Jesus says, how much more will the Heavenly Father then give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, first of all, Jesus is using this kind of Jewish way of arguing from the, the, the lesser to the greater. So, the argument is like, if the lesser is true, then the greater is going to be totally true. If the lesser, which is we're human beings, we, we understand, that, you know, a father would never do that to their child, then even someone's greater, the Lord, he will never do that to his children. God will give and do more than any earthly father. That's what he's saying here. And then when Jesus says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What is he saying here? Think about this. The greatest gift next to Jesus that the Father could give us is the Holy Spirit in our life. So, if the Holy Spirit is given to any of us, God's children who ask for Him, then you know what? You can depend on God to give you what you're asking for. In other words, if the Father is going to give you the greatest gift, like the Holy Spirit, anyone who says, oh, Lord, give me the Spirit, and the Father's going to do that right away, and that would be the greatest, you know, next to Jesus, of course then everything else in between, of course the Father is going to give what you ask for. That's the idea here. So this is, remember this promise. Remember what I'm telling you. The Father, he, that's his heart. He, this, this is what he does. He gives and he promises to give. We need to believe this and go to God. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. We just call, and God will answer you. Call to Him. He will answer you. So Jesus is saying, and our final point is this, the heart of God is to not hold back, but give generously in His answers to your prayers. That's it. God has a generous heart, and and He's going to give generously in answering your prayers. Listen here tonight. Satan wants you to think differently, you know. He whispers in your ear like, ah, oh, you're not good enough. You can pray this, but you're not good enough. He whispers in your ear, ah, oh, you're, you're, you're not loved like, like the other guys are. He whispers in your ear like, you know what, you made too many mistakes. I'm too bad, it's done. God not going to hear you. He whispers in your ear, well, you know, God really doesn't care like that. That's what he whispers. But see something different here tonight than when we pray when he asks. It's God's heart to give and to give generously we know God has a will in our lives and there's purposes and things he's working he's orchestrating things and and sometimes things are delayed but in his delay know that there's a blessing coming we can depend on this fact and this is what I want you to see in this last section and what Jesus is saying in verse 13 that God wants to answer, that God will answer, that God wants to bless you and, and, and fill your, your request. Of course, of course, according to His will. But I just want you to know, this is His heart. Understand, this is His heart. So don't let the enemy say anything different. Remember the promise here. That the Heavenly Father, how much more the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Remember this promise. Remember what you're reading right here. Don't let the enemy make you give up on prayer. Stop praying. Do a token prayer. Yeah. Oh, I, I said my two minutes and go on in your day. 
No, let it be a time where you really connect with God. See, the enemy wants to whisper things in your mind and take a situation you're in and make it go off. Forget. No work. Yeah. Don't let the enemy, don't, don't let him enjoy this. Corey Ten Boom said, When a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. When he stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts for joy. Let's not give him that pleasure, you guys. Let's pray. Let's pray more than we have been. Let's, let's learn to pray. I, I, I think we as Christians, we've lost that art, uh, so to speak, you know? We lost that passion. We, we lost the, the taking that time and just sitting before God. We need to do that. We know there's power in prayer, right? That's why the enemy wants to stop us. So don't let the enemy steal that. I'll close with this. Um, R.A. Torrey, a pastor and author um, in the late 1800s, um, he lived on the East Coast, but he told this story of a few men who got together to pray, and they were concerned for others in the community, other men. Just a few guys, and they said, Here we are, uneducated laymen, but something has to be done in this town we live in. They are burdened for what was going on. So you know what? They chose, just a few guys, to form a prayer group and pray for men in their community. But not just pray for the men uh, uh, generally, but they chose to pray for men one by one. They focused on one of the hardest men in town. He was hopeless, drunk. They prayed for him, and in one week he came to give his life to Jesus. Then they focused their prayers on the next hardest man in town, and he was converted. Then this small group of men prayed and prayed, and soon one after another came to Jesus. After one year, two or three hundred men came to Jesus and were saved. And there was this fire, a revival, going throughout this, the, the country there. I like that, yeah. Those stories inspire me, yeah. Those stories help me. Okay, I'm going to follow this pattern of prayer. Whatever pattern of prayer you get, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to be persistent in prayer. I'm not going to let the enemy steal what I have to understand. God wants to give. His heart is to give generously. i got to remember the promise we see here. So let's do what Jesus asks us to do. Let's take that home tonight. Let's apply it in our lives. Because it's not just me talking here, right? It's not me saying, well, hey, prayer, distance. It's not some quotes I say, but even more importantly, it's the Word of God. And it's Jesus talking here. It's Jesus on prayer. So let's do it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word tonight. And we come before you, Father in heaven. Oh, holy you are. We humbly bow before you, God. We don't come flippantly or just a uh, matter of fact, but we come in, in awe and reverence to you, giving you honor and glory. God, we thank you so much for being in our lives and just the ability to come and approach and to have access to you. And thank you that through Jesus, we're your children. You're our Father, God. And so you hear us and you welcome us into your presence. God, I thank you that uh, you are working, God. And we pray that you would continue to do that, that, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done, Lord. That uh, you will continue, God, to work in our hearts and our lives and that Lord, your kingdom would spread into our families and into our relatives and those who need you so much and that you would rule and reign in their hearts just as you do ours, God. Lord, I, I pray that uh, you would continue to provide for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread, God. And I uh, pray for those who are struggling right now that they would see your miracle, Lord, provisions coming through. And when they look back, Certainly, they'll give you glory and say, you're the one, God, who helped us through. 
And God, as we bow to you right now, as we come before you in your holiness, Lord, we are more and more aware of our sins, especially after reading this and studying this passage, God, that, Lord, you're calling us to pray, and, and we haven't been, Lord. That you're calling us into a deeper, deeper time of prayer, God, with you. We've been neglecting it or just doing a little bit to get by or doing it ritually, God. But, Lord, with all of our heart, God, we confess that. And we confess any sins, Lord, we want to be right with you tonight and help us to be forgiving one another also, Lord. And, God, I pray that you would lead us away from temptation, God, that you strengthen us and help us when we are faced, God, with those things that tempt us, Lord, in our flesh or our, our, uh, inside of us, our desires of lust and uh, uh, different things are boiling, Lord, jealousies, pride, selfishness, whatever that is, God, Lord, that you would strengthen us and make that way of escape, God. And I pray it would not overtake us or overcome us, Lord, but by you, Lord, we would be drawn out into victory, that you would be our Jehovah Nisi, Lord, our, our victory, our, the Lord, our victory. So, God, as we end tonight, we come to you in prayer, believing, Lord, and knowing there's power in prayer. And I believe tonight that you are healing us, God, of our apathy, or healing us, Lord, of not praying, God. And you are making us into prayer warriors, Lord, that we would be those who will watch for an hour with you, Lord, who will battle on our knees and who will come to you, God, no matter how busy our day is, because we know that we cannot do more without prayer. Lord, we must depend upon you and pray like everything depends on this time of prayer we have with you. So forgive us, God, for rushing out into our day. Forgive us, Lord, for not taking the time to be with you and you're sitting there waiting for us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. And now help us as we see these things to follow, God, what you have taught the disciples and are teaching us tonight. Thank you, God, for your word. Strengthen us today, empower us. And Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit. And even as we close in this song, fill us overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.